The next chapter, the story continues. The 151st open. Don't miss the chance to be there when the Open returns to Royal Liverpool in 2023. Apply now for tickets at theopen.com. You're listening to The Open Podcasts. Well, in a championship that has provided emotion and thrills in equal measure, few could have written the script that played out before us today. Cameron Smith delivered a flawless round at the home of golf to win the 150th Open. In the hole, to 20 under par, Cameron Smith goes. Then his eight under 64 will be the lowest final round of a champion here in the open. The quiet man from Australia has let his clubs roar at the 150th Open at St. Andrews. With a score of 268, the winner of the gold medal and the champion golfer of the year is Cameron Smith. Hello, I'm Marcus Buckland. Welcome to the final episode of the 150th show from the 150th Open at St Andrews. Alongside me, Matthew Southgate and Paul Eels, ready to look back on an extraordinary finale. It was a day of high drama. Above all, though, Cameron Smith delivered one of the great final day performances in Open history. Eight under for his round, 20 under overall for the champion golfer of the year. Thank you. Jeez, <clears throat> uh, what, what a week. Uh, I'm going to fall apart here, I know. Uh, uh, first and foremost, I want to thank the team back there, all their hard work, all the hard work we've done uh, the last couple of years um, has really started to pay off, and this one definitely makes it worth it. To the RNA, uh, a fantastic week. To St Andrews Links, uh, the volunteers, the superintendent, uh, everyone involved. Um, it was just absolutely awesome out there. Uh, I thought the course was exactly how an open championship should be played uh, firm and fast, tough pins. Um, yeah, it was just unreal. Thank you guys so much. Uh, lastly, to you guys, uh, the fans, uh, had a lot of support out there, um, especially the Aussie guys. Uh, you guys really kept me going out there. Uh, seemed, seemed like there was a lot, uh, a lot of you guys out there um, kept me plugging away, and uh, this one's for Oz. Thanks, guys. Well, there is so much to reflect on. I guess the best thing to do, Matthew and Paul, is to take things in chronological 
order. The two Camerons went out in the penultimate group. You followed them, Paul. Bad start for Young. He bogeyed the first, but thereafter showed terrific resilience. Yes, he did. He, he three-putted the first. Um, after that, he, he had a run of three birdies on the back nine to, to get the, the ship moving. Cam Smith at that time, he was just plodding along nicely. A birdie here and a birdie there. Nothing to say what was going to happen when they hit the turn. Meanwhile, Matthew, you're in the final group with Victor and with Rory. And perhaps we should have realised a little earlier than we did, but it was largely uneventful for the majority of their front nine, wasn't it? Yes, and to be honest, that's exactly what I thought Rory needed, to be honest. Uh, yesterday was the hooping, the hollering and all the excitement of everything that was going on. I, I thought it was all a bit exhausting, really. And I thought that just a slow, steady plod was, was going to be the way that Rory would win. So... As a, I was really cheering Rory on, obviously watching him Friday and Saturday, it's it's hard not to fall in love with the, the way that the guy plays, and I, I had my heart set on seeing Rory win. So I, when he got off to a slow start, I kind of thought that was that was the best way forwards. And at that point, it looked as though it would play into his hands because Hovland was the first player to drop a shot at the fourth. That was his first bogey since the 13th on Friday. Then a fantastic second shot from the rough by McElroy on the fifth set him up for a birdie that gave him a two-shot lead and at that stage it did appear to be going according to plan yeah it did absolutely i mean his tee shot there was a was a it was a strange uh finishing result because it finished on a replaced divot um so the lie looked a little bit worrying really because if he did hit it anything like heavy he could have ended up moving it 50 60 yards and just hit that divot and not, and not made contact really with the ball at all so when he uh, when he striked that into the middle of the green and narrowly missed for an eagle which was the story of, of Rory's round to be honest he had so many great putts and but at that time he looked like he was in a driving seat meanwhile the two Camerons were well not plodding along they were moving along with a, a degree of intent at what stage Paul did you suddenly think hang on this is the Cameron Smith that I saw on Friday and not Saturday and he could be a real danger here well, it was interesting, really, because on number nine, Cameron Young hit his tee shot into a gorse bush down the left, took a penalty and bogeyed a hole that most people through the week were birdying. Cam Smith didn't birdie that. And so at that point, as we turned for home, uh, Maddie and I looked at each other and said, well, you know, maybe this is going to be the Matt Southgate and Ron Jones show coming home. Um, but no, that was absolutely the wrong story. Cameron Smith just got on fire birdied 10 birdied 11 birdied 12 birdied 13 birdied 14 and at that point he'd taken the lead I think or he was tied with Rory and it was almost Rory became the chaser at that point and Victor Hovland I suppose realized himself that that suddenly he was just backpedaling a little bit he, he couldn't get anything going today why was that do you think Matthew well, he gave it his all, Victor Hovland. He got he got dealt a pretty bad lie on a tee shot that he hit slightly slightly left on the, on the fifth. But you know, everybody that I saw this week was either going for that greening two or, or maybe hacking out the bunkers up the right for a couple. But down the left wing, you've always got a great chance, and he was so unfortunate to not be able to go for it. And from that moment, he just sort of started falling behind. Yeah, it was also the dynamic, wasn't it? Of, of the two Camerons that were urging each other on. I mean, one shoots 64, the other shoots 65. Rory shoots 70 and Victor was over par. So they kind of didn't help each other along the way in that last group, did they? No, and I, I sort of mentioned that this morning in, in some of the uh, some of the coverage uh, about those two needing to sort of help each other, push each other along. And 
and uh, like you say, that just didn't that just didn't happen really. Well, as we came towards the closing holes, it was clear that it was by now a three-horse race, and the pivotal action occurred on the 17th. First of all, Cameron Smith, Eelsey, with his second shot, ended up behind the road hole bunker. But what he did next, perhaps, was more than anything else this weekend. The reason why he ended up with the claret jug. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mark. He's 170 yards to a, an incredibly tight pin. There is no margin for error. He did pull the shot. Some would say he was probably lucky that he didn't go in the roll hole bunker, but he was absolutely snookered. No chance off the tight lie of flopping it over the bunker. So the calmness that he showed, the intelligence that he showed, just to take the putter out, put the ball away from the flag, around the bunker, onto the green, and gave himself the chance to make a putt for a four. Yeah, well, that was hugely significant. Then Rory comes to the 17th, Matthew, and hits a glorious second shot. Oh, Rory's second shot into 17 is one of the best iron shots I think I've ever seen. He had a really tough sort of hanging lie in the fairway. To, it was almost like hitting off a downslope, and Rory likes to move the ball a little bit right to left. The wind was coming slightly in from the uh, from the left so i mean to judge the distance and the line that well it was it was a really really good iron shot and, I, and he'd done everything he could to hold the putt and it just it, you know it just stayed out like everything else did for him all day did you think he was going to hold that birdie putt absolutely you know I, these these incredible players have a knack of just pulling off amazing things at the right time and it just felt like it was rory's time and as soon as that putt missed, my eyes were drawn to just watching up the 18th and listening to Ilse and, and Maddie under uh, explain what was unfolding in front of them. And, it, and at that moment, it really felt like the moment had slipped away. Well, we are sitting right next to the 18th green, which still has hundreds of people just wandering around, taking in the atmosphere. But, Paul, tell us exactly what happened with the two Camerons on this hole. Yeah, uh, I mean... Cameron Smith, he was first up, beautiful tee shot, straight at the flag, no play in left, all the way at the flag. It just got a soft bounce and didn't make the journey onto the green, but he was okay. He was front, just short of the, a, uh, the Valley of Sin. Cameron Young, wow, he was hitting it absolutely miles all day. He smashed it, the ball bounced forward and it ran through the Valley of Sin and up to around about 20 feet just left. So we were game on right there and then. And then, of course, Cameron Smith, as cool as cool can be, from around about 30 yards with the putter from off the fringe, roll this ball absolutely bang on line, 18 inches short. So there you think. This is it. Yes, and then Cameron Young marches onto the green and promptly holds an eagle putt. He did, and, and the, the one thing with him was that he was a little tentative on a short birdie putt he had on 15. That didn't go in. 16, he was only 80 yards away after a, another enormous tee shot, was a little bit short with his pitch shot, didn't get it there. And 17, again, he hit a wonderful iron shot into around about 12 feet and didn't hit the putt hard enough. So he had great chances coming in. Fortunately, on 18, he hit it with enough pace, it dropped in the front door and an eagle two, 19 under, just one short. Yeah, and that of course put just a little bit of pressure on Cameron Smith, who'd all but done his work. He had a very, very short birdie putt, but Matty Adams, who was commentating with you, did mention Doug Sanders, and we all know what happened to him from a very similar distance on the 18th back in 
1970. Yes, uh, unfortunately for Mr. Sanders, he just underheaded and it drifted wide, the drama there, but no way was Cam Smith going to miss that. I'd seen him on the Friday, put beautifully for a 64. Saturday, nothing went in. He just spent all day tapping the ball into the hole from a couple of inches, but there was no way he was going to miss from 18 inches to win the, uh, the Open Championship. So that left him at 20 under par. Cameron Young at 19 under par. So Rory McIlroy, Matthew on the tee on 18, knows that he requires an eagle to force a playoff. Assess what he did from that moment. Well, from where I was standing up the left-hand side of the 18th fairway, it looked like Rory just took such a lovely turn into his backswing and he just uncoiled at some speed. He crushed the thing off the tee. And I, I don't know whether maybe he just mishit it a little bit or whether it got a little bit of a soft bounce, but I was amazed to see it come up short of the Valley of Sin. From where I was standing, I, I was convinced it had made its way into the Valley of Sin, but I can't imagine that Rory's all that much shorter than Cameron Young and Ilsey sat there now saying that Cameron Young indeed got the ball pin high, which is some 25, 30 yards past Rory McIlroy and he doesn't often get outdriven by that far, so I'm not too sure what happened to Rory's tee shot. He then, he then decided to chip instead of putt. He's a great chipper and pitcher of the ball, Rory, so he obviously felt like he could have a go at it. In my personal opinion, I think he'd, he'd have got it running at the hole maybe slightly better with the putter. Um, maybe slightly easier to control the speed for sure because it, it almost it almost had to slam dunk on the second bounce to, to, to go in the way that Rory had played it but um, as soon as that ball skidded past the hole obviously Cameron Smith became the champion and it was all that was it it was all done for him you know what I mean just in a blink of an eye yeah and then of course Rory missed the one coming back so in the end he had to settle for third place on 18 under par behind the two Camerons now Jack Nicholas. Ilzi said that no golfer's resume is complete until you win the Open at St Andrews. That's precisely what Cameron Smith has done. It's his first major. How do you see him going on from here? Well, I mean, it, it is so difficult to win golf tournaments of any standard uh, these days. There's only four majors in a year. He won the Players' Championship, which a lot of the players regard as the hardest one to win and almost the fifth major because of the strength and depth of the field. Who knows what Cameron Smith could do? He's, he's got the game, he's got the golf swing, he's got the length. He, we know he's got the pitching and the putting, but we also saw today that he's got the character and the mindset to go on and win again. It's not easy as Rory McIlroy is finding out. He's already won four of them. Let's see what Cam Smith can do. He lives in, and plays on the PGA Tour in America. Let's hope he gets a few more. So it was Cameron Smith who came out trumps in the battle of the Camerons, but over the four days, how impressed were you with Cameron Young? Extremely. It's the first chance I've had to see him. Obviously, looked at his resume. He's won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, and then, of course, he goes on to the PGA Tour, has a couple of second places. So he identified himself as a player, quickly got into the top 50 of the world rankings, which got him into the Open Championship. And he played like an Open champion, a little defensive, possibly. But, you know, it's his first Open Championship and, and you can't take anything away from him. He was one shot from being the champion golfer of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And he certainly finished on a high with that eagle on 18. And this is what he had to say afterwards. At this point, I've not as much as some of those other guys, but I, I've at least been around the lead a lot this year in the PGA, too, in a major. So it's, it's not the first time that I've been in that situation. And, you know, the more I put myself there, 
I think I said at the PGA, one of these times I'll shoot five under on the back and that'll be enough. And today I did, and it wasn't. Um, so I guess one of these times I'll shoot six on the back uh, on Sunday and, and that'll be enough. No, I mean, I had a front row seat to, I'm sure one of the better rounds that's been played this year. I know we both started four back of two guys that are capable of, you know, as much if not more than just about everybody else in the world. And I know Cameron Smith's ranked very highly in the world. I don't know exactly what, but I'd imagine top five or six. Today kind of just is more proof that he is that good and he is, you know, one of the very, very best players in the world. So a runners-up spot for Cameron Young. What about Rory, Matthew? This is obviously going to hurt big time. How damaging do you think it might prove to be? Oh, well, it's definitely going to hurt for a long time. Um, it's a long wait between now and the Masters next year. Um, a lot of people have tipped Rory to win the Masters year in, year out for the last you know, decade or so, and, and he's not quite managed to do that. So the only way really to, to get over the, the disappointment of today would be to go and win one of the next couple of, of majors and put this one behind him. But that's, that's easier said than done. Will it be any consolation to him that he didn't lose the Open today and, and that Cameron Smith won it? Eventually, not not right now, um, but it will over the next few days when he actually looks back and reflects. Um, he didn't hit many bad putts, he didn't miss any short putts, he didn't make any course management uh, decisions that, that were questionable. I, I felt like he's, um, he's trying to execute this new... Uh, sort of mentality, game plan, being a bit more conservative at times. Uh, and he can he can hold his head high because he really did execute that in a great way. And I, and I was very proud of him for that because that is what the best, that is the, the fashion that the, the best players in the world, the, the greats of all time, that's how they play. He, he took his medicine when he had to. He took his chances when he had to. Unfortunately for Rory, the good putts today just didn't drop. Well, here's what Rory had to say afterwards. I didn't do much wrong today, but I didn't do much right either. It was just one of those days where I played a really controlled round of golf. I did what I, I, I felt like I needed to, just apart from capitalizing on the, on the easier holes um, around the turn uh, 9, 12, 14. You know, if I had made the birdies there you know, from good positions, um, it probably wouldn't have been a different story. But I get look. I got beaten by um, by the better player this week. You know, 20 under par for for four rounds of golf around here is is really really impressive playing, especially to go out and shoot 64 today to get it done. Yeah, you know, I'll 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 ruin a few uh, a few miss you know sort of putts that slid by and but you know it's it's been a good week overall and I can't be too despondent because of how this year's went and how this year's going. I mean, I'm I'm playing some of the best golf that I've played in a long time. So it's just a matter of keep, you know, knocking on the door and eventually one will open. So not to be for Rory McIlroy again and not to be this time for Victor Hovland, but Matthew, what do you think he'll have learned from the past four days? I think he, I think playing under that sort of pressure with that many people watching will certainly help. Um, I think playing the golf course set up the way that it was this week will certainly help for this tournament, Lynx Golf. Um, and I think he'll take a lot of positives. You know, he, again, he didn't, he didn't really do all that much uh, wrong. He quietly went about his business. And I think all in all, it will be a positive week for him. And I, I in my opinion, I believe that he will find himself in the final game on, on Championship Sunday, you know, in these majors uh, many more times in his career. And, and what he learned today will certainly stand him in good stead the next time round. 
Paul, as you, you've already rightly said, it's very, very hard to win majors, but do you think this young man is destined to get his hands on one at some stage? He, he's on an upward trend. He looks that way. He seems very, very comfortable in these heady surroundings of major championships and winning uh, tournaments. And so why not? Why not? Uh, Victor Hovland, he's got a, he plays with a smile on his face, he plays aggressive attacking golf and this is the future of, uh, of the professional game as we see it, hopefully. The moments, the memories, the chance to be there. Apply now for tickets for the 151st Open Royal Liverpool 2023. Head over to theopen.com. Ticket ballot closes on Wednesday the 20th of July. Well, it's been a very mild day here at St Andrews. We've still got hundreds of people on both the first fairway and the 18th green. A few police officers are coming towards us. Eelzy, what have you done? Yeah, nothing to do with me. <laughs> Matthew Southgate ducking out of the way as well. But it's been a very mild day, barely a breath of wind. The seagull's making a bit of noise. Again. As well. <laughs> He's not a fan of the seagulls, that is for sure. But it's a tranquil end to what's been an extraordinary few days. A reminder of the top of the leaderboard, Cameron Smith, minus 20. Cameron Young, 19 under. Rory McIlroy in third place on his own at minus 18. A tie for fourth, Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland at 14 under par. A tie for sixth with Brian Harmon and Dustin Johnson at 13 under par. And a tie for eighth place, Bryson DeChambeau had a terrific final round. Patrick Cantlay and Jordan Spieth all at 12 under par. A word about Tommy Fleetwood, who often features, then seems to back off a little bit, but that was a great week for him. Yeah, there was no backing off from Tommy this week. He's he's on a, a, a progression upwards, and you know he will see Tommy in the in the winner's circle, whether he'll win a major. That's another thing, as we've said, it's very, very hard to do, but it was great to see him out there again. He plays the game with a smile on his face. He and his caddy, Ian Finnis, six foot whatever, Ian is and they're great to be around golf tournaments you know so it's uh, we're lucky that we have people like that in our sport and I'd like to mention Jordan Spieth who tends to be there or thereabouts uh, opens Matthew almost anything can happen to him but he's so much fun to watch and uh, you know he can birdie anything from anywhere when he's in the mood can't he yes he can and his short game is is really up there with the very best in the world he's, his distance putting is is incredible he probably holds more putts between 30 and 50 feet than any other player to ever play the game so Lynx golf uh, suits him you know that's that's part of the challenge getting down in two from very tight lies to very tough pins and you know huge distance putts and he Jordan Spieth will always contend as long as he hits the ball half decent, tee to green. He'll always be there or thereabouts in these championships. OK, well, that was the main event. But, of course, another very important aspect of the Open is the battle amongst the amateurs for the silver medal. We had four amateurs making it through to the weekend. Barkley Brown of England had been firmly in control after a terrific round on Friday. His challenge slipped away a little over the weekend, and in the end, it was Filippo Celli who came away as the winner. He's 21 years of age from Italy. Actually started a, a little nervously in his final round with a couple of early bogeys, but he battled back. He had an eagle on 14. He birdied the last as well. He won the European Amateur Championship at the end of June. Now he's got the silver medal as well, and not surprisingly, he's a very happy young man. I'm feeling very happy and proud. Uh, today, my golf game was really good, like the last three days. And uh, today, I made a lot of 
it's too bit boggy, I can say that. And but that's okay because I'm very happy because uh, uh, my dream it was to play here, and uh, I won also the silver medal. So I can ask for a better thing to win the silver medal, the 150 Open in St Andrews. Well, Chelly eventually finished at five under par, so there was a considerable gap between him and Aaron Jarvis, who was one over, Barkley Brown just behind him. And let's give some credit as well to Sam Bairstow, who shot the best round by an amateur today, three under for the qualifier. But we know just how important it can be for anyone's career if you can walk away with a silver medal, Matthew. Oh, it's, it's monumental. It's such an achievement to, to come and play all four rounds at the Open and, and manage to fight off the opposition in the amateur rankings to, to, to win the silver medal. The names of, of the players, you know, Tiger Woods, Justin Rose, they've all gone on to win other championships, play Ryder Cups, bits and pieces. And Filippo Celli being it Italian with the next Ryder Cup in Italy. What I mean, it just lines up such a beautiful story for the next couple of years following him. Most of these guys do end up being the superstars. I kept using this line during the day. Would Celli's legs turn to jelly? Sorry about that. They didn't, did they? No, uh, alongside him, Alberto Benaghi, uh, who looked after Matti Manassero when he was rising through the ranks as a top amateur and then winning on, on, the, on the pro circuit. Uh, Bertie was an old contemporary of mine on the, uh, on the European tour many years ago. And, uh, you know, when you've got guidance with an experience like that, there's uh, no reason to say that we might not see him, Filippo, round about the, the, the Ryder Cup. Well, just over our right shoulder, guys, Cameron Smith is emerging. He's done countless television interviews. There's a, a phalanx of uh, camera operators and security guards around him. He's clutching the claret jug, as you'd expect. You're very good at this sort of thing. Do you, do you fancy your chances to go up and ask him if he wants to come and join us on the podcast? <laughs> I don't know him that well, but are we going to try that? I think that might be risking it a little bit. We might get thrown out. He's doing an interview, actually, as, as, he, as he's walking along with, I think, actually, it's the official RNA channel. And you'll be able to get all his reaction, of course, by going to the website. The app will have all the information as well. But he looks very contented, as you would expect. While struggling to keep back the tears during his acceptance speech out on the 18th. And, of course, now he's going to go and try and find out how much beer you can get into the claret jug in one go. Uh, yes, but maybe not quite yet, Marcus, because he's just been escorted into the RNA building. So once again, I've said it a few times today, is a time and a place, Cameron, <laughs> that is neither. Just go and shake the right hands, get out of there and go and find your buddies. <laughs> what else about this week, uh, Ilzi? So many things have happened. It all began in great fashion with that celebration of champions and, and went on from there. What have the highlights been for you? Well, obviously, any time that Tiger Woods uh, goes onto a golf course has got to be a highlight for me. I, I just love the way the, the man has, his career has gone through the, 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 the highs and the lows, and he's still there playing and entertaining us. But, of course, the way for me, having the privilege of watching Cam Smith uh, for three days play the game and to play it in the manner that he did, that will live with me for a long time. And, uh, of course, the home of golf, has just served up yet again uh, as a venue that will just bring out the best in all the world's best players. And Matthew, you were one of our rookies this year. You've been an absolute superstar running up and down the fairways, bringing us some incredible, evocative 
commentary. How much have you enjoyed the 150th Open? I've absolutely loved it, Marcus. And I, and I have to say that when that putt missed for me to qualify at Prince's, I, I didn't think that there would be any way to console the way I felt. You know, I, I cried several times in a car on the way home. Thinking about it now makes me want to bubble up. And uh, this week being with you guys has been one of the best things I've ever done in my life. It's been, it's been absolutely incredible. I've been thrilled to be part of the team. Well, we've loved having you. And what we'd like this time next year, actually, is for you to get into the field and then actually commentate on your own round and, uh, you know, get as excited as you did with Rory on the Saturday. That would take broadcasting to a new level, wouldn't it? Yeah, the tech team might have to get ready, yeah. ready to beep out a few explicits on the way around. It's not always as gentlemanly as the commentary. Well, listen, Matthew, it's been fantastic having you as part of the team. Good luck for the rest of this season. And, Paul, you've got to get your game face back on because you're now looking on Monday to qualify for the Senior Open, which starts not too far from here at Glen Eagles on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the world keeps spinning, doesn't it? Uh, but uh, I'm going to you know, have a glass of beer tonight and, and just think about how well Cam Smith has played this week and celebrate, take a drink and celebrate the champion golfer of the year. Yeah, and then maybe use that as inspiration tomorrow because we want you in the field come Thursday. Paul Eels, part of our team. Matthew Southgate, thank you very much. And, and all the rest of the team as well. We, we've had a, a fabulous few days and I hope that's come across with both our radio coverage and with these podcasts. Now, a reminder to subscribe to the Open Podcast so you don't miss top-class documentaries from golf's original major but that's it for this year everything did lead to this the 150th open at the home of golf and what has followed truly was a great celebration of this wonderful sport from me marcus buckland and all the team at the home of golf at st andrews it's goodbye Experience Royal Troon like never before with Origins Premium Experiences at the 152nd Open. With unrivaled on-course views of the action, fully inclusive dining and drinks and world-class service, you and your guests will leave with memories that will last a lifetime. Oh, that's just unbelievable. Origins Premium Experiences are now on sale at theopen.com forward slash hospitality. This has been an original audio production from The Open.